I will never lie to you. There's no judgment here. Yes. Welcome to Rant with, with my aunt. There you go. This whole thing started because we FaceTime pretty much all the time. I live in Las Vegas. Lily lives in the very cold part of the world. <laughs> also right, known as Michigan. Right now we are actually in my mom's basement yes. and visiting for the holidays. So we are actually together right now. Um, Which is very rare. It is very rare. It's it usually only rare. happens about, what, <laughs> what, two years? What she said to me was when I got off, she goes, oh my gosh, you're really here. You're here. I'm not looking yes. at you on FaceTime. Anyway, so we're here in Jima's basement. So Jima, for reference, is her grandmother, my mother. And your mother. We call her Jima Y. Because she, when I was born, she said she was too young to be a grandma. She's not too young <laughs> to be a grandma, let me tell you that. She's going to uh, be so mad watching this. Everyone's going to be mad because we're going to tell you about our crazy family today. Our very first topic is chaos during the holidays. Some Christmas chaos, some Hanukkah chaos, some Kwanzaa chaos, so whatever you celebrate chaos because we kind of have a little crazy family. We're crazy in a good way. I feel like everyone else is yeah. just nuts. <laughs> everyone else is just nuts. But anyway, we started this whole podcast because we talk all the time on FaceTime and literally all the time. And sometimes yeah. you just walk away from the phone. It's usually right random. Go water my plants. But she's we talk usually for long... cooking. Like she's I usually do. cooking on FaceTime. I usually cook on FaceTime a lot. It... But we talk about since we're on the phone for so many hours. She's homeschooled, so she. Yeah. You know, well, right now we're in COVID, so everybody's homeschooled. So yeah. um, we have lots of time to talk, but we talk about everything in life. And there's so many times where I'm like, Lily, I wish someone would have told me this when I was your age. I wish adults would have told me this. And uh, we thought, you know what? We need to do a podcast. Yeah. To yeah. tell people, young adults, teenagers, this is the stuff that they're not going to tell you. And that you will actually need. Yes. Because yeah. we're definitely going to need it on Christmas because our family's crazy. Yup. <laughs> so... I'm giving out lots of life advice. I just was going to say I'm engaged, but I'm not wearing my ring right now. But uh, <laughs> I've never been married. I'm engaged. So I have lots of relationship advice because I've had many. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I am an Emmy Award winning television host. So I have a great career as well. So I've got advice about that. You know, there's just so many things that no one tells you. And we really just want this to be a safe place. We want you to know you are not alone. You are not alone. We got your back. And I'm just an average 13-year-old. There's nothing really that special. She's an all-star cheerleader. I am. That's about it. Yeah, she turned 13. I'm like, girl, this is the time where I can really be honest with you. I need yeah. to start. Actually, I told you. What did I tell you when you were very young? You told me that you would never lie to me no matter what other adults may think about what you were going to tell me. Especially your mother. Yeah. my sister. So I'll just apologize in advance. We'll apologize in advance. Apologizing in advance? Yes. So... I told you I will never lie to you, even when nope. you come to me with those tough questions that you're probably not going to come to me with for a few more years. But we want you listening and you at home to come to me, come to us. We'll talk about it. Uh, like I said, I have a lot of life experience, ups and downs. Life has not been perfect. I do have some, I've made some mistakes, some things that I wish I would have handled differently. So I hope that my life experience can help you out. But also we're going to bring in some experts because like I said, we're kind of a hot mess express. Sometimes. We are. And we can only give you, like, our mediocre advice. Right. So, or our experience. We can yeah. say this is what we might do, but we will be bringing in some experts to help us. Help us, too, and you. Help us and you. <laughs> but overall, we just want you to know that you are not alone. If you have a question and you don't have an adult that you trust, you don't have a mom or dad or counselor or cool aunt that you can talk to about 
things that are uncomfortable, um, talk to us. Yeah. We're on social media. You can find us on at rant with my aunt on Instagram, Instagram Facebook, Facebook, Twitter. Did we, we did we, Twitter, we, we Snapchat, Snapchat, and TikTok. Mm -hmm. You can All also email, email us with any of your questions at rantwithmyaunt at gmail.com. Rantwithmyaunt at gmail.com. All right. Topics we plan to cover. Finances. Yes. Because nobody, we talked about a credit card the other day. Girl didn't even know what APR was. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, it's. Look, at, I need to rub in my blush. We might have to do some makeup. Kits. We, we and I'm a professional do. TV person. Like, girl needs to blend. <laughs> blend. Blend. Well, I did get, I was basically taught most of my makeup tricks from drag queens. So don't be mad when I don't blend fully. So, um, life decisions. Um, when you're going into college, how scared was I when I thought 17 years old and I'm filling out my application to Michigan State, go Spartans. And I'm thinking, exactly. I got to choose a major right now. That is a lot of pressure. And I had no idea what I wanted to be right. when I grew up. And a, a lot of kids just kind of freak out because you're making a life decision. We'll talk about that kind of stuff. We'll talk about family relationships. We'll talk about sex, baby. She's only 13. <laughs> but so teens, young adults, college students, I'm your cool aunt. If you don't have a cool aunt that you can talk to, I'm your cool she's aunt. She's everyone's aunt now. Like Uncle Jesse from Full House, she's literally everyone's aunt now. That's right. And you can just rant with me. Rant with my aunt. Because that's pretty much what I do. And now we're here. Every day. Every day. All day. All day, every All day. day. So we're basically here for anything you need. There's no judgment here. We'll always be honest with you and... That's right. No judgment zone. None. That is very important. Very no judgment here, no matter who you are, who you love, how you like to dress, what you think, all that good stuff. Yeah. We're all welcome here as long as it is with love and kindness. Yep. We can have all kinds of tough Everyone's discussions. Welcome. Everyone is welcome. And I will never lie to you, which is slightly frightening. Okay. Okay. So let's just get to the topic today. Again, you can send in your own topics, your own questions, anything you need advice on or just want to talk to an adult about. I will give you my life experiences, <laughs> but we can also bring in experts, like we said, because we're not experts. No, we're really not. We're not. We're we just only just speak from our personal experiences. <laughs> we're a hot mess. That's okay. So yeah. Lily, what's the rant today? So <laughs> today's rant is, we already talked about it a little bit, but dealing with crazy and chaotic family events, family gatherings, or just family in general. That's true. <laughs> I mean, especially during the holidays. Right. So obviously Christmas is going on, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whether you celebrate any of those or celebrate nothing at all, we all kind of, well, most of us kind of have that crazy family gathering. Yeah, it's just kind yes. of awkward. If you have that perfect Leave It to Beaver family, awesome. Awesome. A supportive family that yes. is great, that they, they love getting together and they... Don't argue. Everyone with each gets other. along. Like that's awesome. That's please awesome. invite us over please, for Thanksgiving us over. or Mother's Day brunch. We will definitely come because that would be awesome. Yeah. But there's a lot of families that look like that on the outside too. But on the inside, but you might feel like an outsider yeah. in your own home. You Which, know, so or you might have people that fight behind the scenes. Like growing up, your grandma and my dad and my dad used to fight all the time. But we looked. Perfect, perfect and fine on the outside. True outsiders. So that's the thing is like, we feel you. We understand where you're coming from. I might not understand your exact situation, situation, but we can at least talk about it. And again, everyone is welcome here. There is no, there's no judgment. None. 
but please do invite us to your Mother's Day brunch. Please your do. Family please. Is perfect. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but that's the thing is that you might not feel you might not feel accepted by your family, or you might not have the same political yeah. beliefs, and that that's a big thing right a now. A big thing that comes up at family gatherings, especially if people are drinking. I yes. feel like that is some not always the mix for a good situation. It starts off fine. It's all fun. And it's, a, it's all fun. No. And then it just goes right downhill. And it doesn't have to. It doesn't always have to. Yeah. But, you know, we've, just, we've had actually some of those situations where we kind of, we know that you start pouring the drinks and it's nice at the beginning and it's And then fun. all of a sudden it's And just, then you're just like, oh gosh, you like, know what's coming. And right. There's a lot of kids that have to deal with that. A lot of young yeah. adults have to deal with that. And young, young adults are dealing with alcoholism. Even young, young kid, teenagers even. Right. So um, it's just something that comes up. Like, I would love to just have... Some cocktails with the family, you know, get a little loose if that's right. who, you, who, you, who you are with your family. But it can be not a good thing. And that's something that we've experienced, too. So we thought there's definitely people out there that have experienced the same thing, that probably have the same questions, the same rants. That we do. And don't have someone that they can talk to about it. Yeah. So. And Courtney, you're home now, but you very rarely come home. I do. I do. I, I left at about 22 years old. I'm a lot older than that now. Um, and a lot of it was, I made the choice that I don't want to be around toxic people. There was a lot of yeah. negativity. It was 20 some years ago. You know, when I left home, there's a lot of negativity yeah. at home. And I made it the choice to not be a part of that anymore. I did come home for holidays a lot when in my 20s. Um, but then I, every time I got here, I'm like, oh, everyone's fighting and it just feels yucky. And, you know, just, and I'm not perfect here. either. And I, I'm like, I don't want to be here, but I want to see these people that I love. But right. do I want to continue to put myself in these positions where I feel like crap and it doesn't feel good to me and it's toxic and it drains your energy and it makes you have that sick feeling in your stomach. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that anymore. And, and I didn't because guess what? When you're an adult, you don't have to. No. And here's the thing, and this is this is just my personal experience. We'll ask um, Brian Link, the therapist, about it. But my personal belief, what I've learned over the years, is that you are not obligated, even yeah. if they are family, even if they are your blood, because you get that a lot. But she's your sister. But it's your family, and family comes first. If your family makes you feel like crap, if your family makes you uncomfortable, if your family, your blood is toxic in full filled with negativity, you are not obligated no. to put yourself in that position year after year after year. When you are an adult, you are 13. I am. So for me, obviously, like she said, you're not obligated, especially as an adult, to keep in contact with mm -hmm. the family members that you think right. are toxic and stuff. But when you're a teenager or 13, like me, you don't have much of a choice. Right. So that's another thing we're asking is, what do you do in that situation? Right. Because you don't have a choice at younger age mm -hmm. exactly and you, you don't want to be the one in the room next door on your phone the whole time you know mm -hmm. like you, you it would be nice That's if just... you could engage with your family but that might be the only thing that you can do to get through the day and i, I gotta yeah. clarify when i say when you are an adult i mean when you are on your own not in your mama's house or your daddy's house you are paying rent yourself you are paying for all of your bills yourself you are on your own if you are 22 years old and you're still in your mama's house that's cool like yeah you do you but, but you don't really have the same freedoms personally i don't think as when you are on agree. your own paying for your own house if you're at your friend's house but you're not paying rent you're not on your own 
You're not paying for your own house. You're not paying right. for your own car. So when you're doing all of those things, that's what I consider to be an adult. Even when I was in college, I wasn't paying my own bills. Right. You know, my grandfather and mom and dad were paying for my bills and my room and board and everything. I thought I was an adult, but you can't, you can make those decisions as an adult when you are paying your own bills. And I've said that a million times, like, well, when you pay my bills, then you can make the decision. And right. that's why I couldn't wait to pay my bills. Cause I was like, that is when I know that I'm actually in control of my own life. And you have like the certain control of, well, I don't really want to go see these people. I don't want to go see this family member. I don't want to talk and to I'm them. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Right. Because I know that your Jima and my mother felt really bad. Of course I wanted to see her. Of right. Course, but you know, she's, wants me to come home and I'm sure your mama wants you to come home or your grandma wants you to come home or your aunt wants you to come home but if it makes you feel yucky you are not no. obligated so you don't want to put yourself you're not obligated to put yourself in a negative situation that's not going to make you feel good right. that's just not that's our experience and that's yeah. that's why Lily I don't come home often yeah and I'm not saying write your family off no. you know what I mean like you still have it's, it's tough like you can still if you're comfortable work right. through it if you're comfortable have that conversation with yeah, your definitely. sister or brother or whoever it is you know if you're comfortable but I just saying after you try for so many years just you're not obligated no just like you're not obligated to stay in a bad relationship with a significant other you know you're not obligated to stay in a bad relationship with a family member so when I was your age I loved family gatherings because Nano who was my grandmother your great-grandmother oh my god you're already getting tears in your eyes I just said her name no. All I did was say her name. <laughs> so we're both gonna cry. I didn't even say her, I didn't even say anything. I just said her name. Anyway, so Nano was is was the matriarch of our whole family. She was like you said. What did you say? The glue. Well, she was like the glue to our whole family, basically. Yeah. So when she died, gosh, ten years ago. Ten now, years ago, like that. Yeah, because I was insane. three. Insane. Wow. Um, there was definitely a change. Like it wasn't the same. I don't know if it was just so much sadness happening in right. our family, but. Um, I lived in Vegas at that time, too. I moved back to Michigan um, to kind of help the family. You were young, too, and I, I took a job in Michigan for a couple of years. And um, But, yeah, after Nano died, it's, and I think a lot of people go through that where it's the family is completely changed. The dynamic right. completely changes. And I think that was when, for me, I started feeling a little more yucky. Right. I was... 20 something when and she I died. was three yeah so I was out of school I was already paying for my own bills I was already doing my own thing um but I and I came home every year to see her and I loved it even when I was a teenager I loved it we played games it was fun and if anyone started getting a little mouthy if anyone started like arguing she just had that look <laughs> like I can't do it you know can't do it so, and everybody knew just shut it down shut up yeah, yeah. so what do you remember I don't remember much. Unfortunately, my biggest memory of her wasn't a positive one. Not obviously, not that something went wrong, but something like unfortunate happened for like her health. That's unfortunately my biggest yeah. Yeah. memory of her. Everybody's but I sick. Have, right. Actually, no. What? Can I talk about it? Yeah. I remember. So we, I used to have these little trays, like, you know. Trays? They're called, yeah, it's kind of like they're trays, but like you can set them up as like a little tray. Like people work on them. Like, you, you know. Oh, like, like a TV tray. TV tray, yeah. Okay. And we had one of them in... They were little ones on the floor, and I remember one was red, one was blue, and the red one I was across the room, but the blue one was standing up right in front of her chair, and I just remember Poppy, who was our your grandpa, my mm -hmm. great-grandpa, 
what him and I were in the basement and we just heard her fall <gasps> and she had tripped over the tray oh, no. and that's unfortunately my biggest memory but I have little ones that were really positive of like she was she had a hard time walking she had a yes. lot of problems with her veins and um, blood flow and that kind of stuff and oh man I bet she cried it was awful oh my god that's awful that is awful even though I was so young I still recognize like that kind of shift between, I feel like that's kind of not that our family's like completely grown apart, but that's when we kind of started to like grow apart. Well, that's when everybody kind of breaks into their own families. Right. You know? Especially at that age where you and my mom were, had grown up at that point. Mm -hmm. Obviously, my mom already had kids. You never had kids. And my mom and your, you know, my mom, my aunt, they became the grandmas and the kind of matriarchs of their own families. So it's kind of was this under this one pyramid with Nano at the top. And then when Nano died, it was like, well, all these little pyramids separated right to be their split. own kind of dynamic with their own kind of matriarch yeah the new grandmas so to speak mm -hmm. my aunt mikey your great aunt mikey, mikey which by the way that's how i became an awesome aunt because i had an awesome aunt she is how awesome. it's done um but th they kind of broke apart into their own families their yeah. own little pyramids and that's kind of so then when everyone comes together we're not as close anymore. we're not as close because it's like you've been in your own pyramid for so long mm -hmm. that it, when it's just come back it's kind of awkward because nice because you don't really know what's going on in like the other people's Travis lives and and Travis. i see him on facebook and, right you see him on facebook yeah. and social media but other than that you and the families are growing you know right. and that's great that's that's kind of part of life right. where the it's, your own little pyramid kind of grows until it's too big and you lose the matriarch and then you create your own you know someday right. travis and katrina my cousin and their babies Travis will be the, the patriarch. He'll be the, you know, grandpa, right. you know, that kind of thing. So we all kind of keep moving up, you know, the family dynamics shift. And I think that was definitely when ours shifted. Yeah. And when I personally started not wanting to come home anymore, because I felt like I was coming home just to see her because every time it was like, this is probably the last time. And then it was, well, wow, I get to see her one more year. This is probably the last year. And then when I'd come home, I'm like, what am I coming home for? I just want to go back to where I was. You know, I want to see everybody. I want to hug everybody. I want to love everybody. But then I like, after a day, I'm like, okay. Yeah. But now with FaceTime, it's a lot better because yeah. we didn't have FaceTime back then. We didn't even have the internet back You're then, old. people. I'm older than the internet. I'm not. So we didn't have ways to keep in touch. So once we started that, for me, it was like easier to keep in touch that way. And you didn't have to come home. I didn't have to come home to see, to, to get that feeling. Yeah. It's the feeling. It's the not in your stomach so like like it's probably the first couple times you came home after it's just like feeling of emptiness because yeah. you came home to and see all her. everyone did was cry right where i just decided that that yucky feeling in my stomach was not worth it because i don't want to walk on eggshells right you know you don't want to be walking on eggshells. do you feel like you're walking on eggshells not really oh good that's good see especially with do you think like, it's because you're younger or because well i feel like especially when you come home even though you don't come home very often i talk to you several times a day yeah. so i feel very comfortable <laughs> i feel very comfortable around especially mm -hmm. your, our side of the family where my dad's side of the family i'm close with them with like my grandpa and mm -hmm. like all of them but i don't feel as close with some of them because mm -hmm. i don't ever talk to them other yeah. than holidays and things like that yeah but the same thing after my grandma died i kind of had that like that kind of yeah the grandma on the other side of the family yeah, yeah my dad's mom unfortunately passed away a couple years ago due mm -hmm. to cancer but so that's the same thing, like that kind of shift in the dynamic where I didn't see like a lot of my other family as much because mm -hmm. it was just kind of too hard, especially with the first year yeah. to kind of all come together because it's just like she's missing. Yeah, everyone's trying to figure out their own life right. and what their own life means and how to move forward without this main family member that we've all relied on 
for so long for right. our entire lives. Mm -hmm. So exactly. Yeah. So I think it's time to bring in Brian. Yeah, because we can only give so much life experience. There's right. only so much to go around. <laughs> we need to ask an expert. We really do. <laughs> he has been a clinical social worker in a private practice called Resources Family Services. And he happens to be my personal therapist, so he knows all the dirt on me, you guys. Please welcome Brian Link. Hey, Brian. Hi. All right, now you've been doing this for 28 years. Is it just me or do things get tougher for almost everybody around the holidays? Yeah, there's, you know, I think the perception, you know, we're supposed to be kinder, we're supposed to be nicer. So it ends up, you know, but, you know, bah humbug is, is still out there. So people knowing that that's sort of the culture of things, you know, can make them feel yeah, more agitated, more isolated, more alone. You know, and of course, this year is even a little more different because, you know, we haven't holidays during a pandemic when even things have escalated considerably in areas. So, so, so we want to be together and normally we would be together and then there's this anxiety about it, fear about it. You mentioned, you know, some people do feel isolated and that's, and that's true, but as we've been talking about this whole podcast, the grass is not always greener on the other side, meaning right. when you're surrounded by a crazy family, it can be even more stressful. So Lily, go ahead. So what can like a teenager or a young adult do if like other family members, like adult family members start arguing over things? And it's not necessarily them arguing, but like what can they do if they're kind of like in the middle of it? You know, you're the subject of the oh. argument. That's, that's like if they're arguing about what, you know, you want to do for New Year's and they're... Yeah. they're or, you know, bickering over what freedoms you're supposed to have or whatever. Um, it's always, I think, when people are arguing, asking questions makes them think rather than making statements. Mm, so it's like, okay. oh, what do I, what do I ever do that's unsafe? <laughs> you know? You, yeah, especially if they're arguing about should we let the teenager go out for New Year's or not? That makes sense. So yeah. that's a good. So instead of saying I'm not going to do anything bad, say like what you said, what have I ever done that's unsafe? unsafe yeah. Okay. What if it's somebody else arguing and something you're not even a part of, like yeah. politics, because that happens in our family, and I just want to bury my head in the sand. Me too. Well, yeah. And so I think avoidance can be, uh, you know, a good thing. There's, 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 and again, level of attachment, and you sort of, you sort of have to perceive, you know, what effect am I going to have? What effect do I want to have? You know, in, in a situation like that. That's something you talk to me a lot about. Like, Courtney, are you going to change anything? <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, you're getting too loud. You need to breathe, you know? I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, uh, or this is getting too heated. Can you find something else to talk about? I mean, there are ways to redirect some of that. Um, the biggest thing that I, that I think I say when, you know, people start getting to that level, you know, is like this idea of differences aren't false. Mm. Your opinion's different. Your ideas are different. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Right. And a lot of what's happening is, you know, I'm perceiving because your opinion or your issue is different than mine, that there's something wrong with you or wrong with the way you think. That works, I think, on both sides. Like, the person that you're arguing with needs to understand that I don't have a fault just because I think differently. But I think that even if you can't convince that person, 
you need to have the consciousness to say, I'm not at fault. Like, I'm not a bad person just because my uncle thinks something different than yeah. me. So you kind of have to turn it around on yourself and be like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm still a good person or, or whatever right. it is and have that on both sides. Yeah. Again, back to, you know, somebody's kind of gotten under your skin, raised the hair on your neck and, you know, blood vessels swelling. and. <laughs> <laughs> so just kind of walk away, breathe. Yes, I think, you know, you don't breathe, you don't think. That's okay. really true. And if you really pay attention, um, you'll, you'll, you'll catch all that sensation when somebody has said something, then that's an immediate, you know, red flag for your own self-regulation because they're, of course, maybe looking for that reaction to actually further escalate things, you know, and you know, how much alcohol have they had and, you know. And I feel like it's probably harder to argue with someone that you love as opposed to it's probably really easy to argue with someone that you don't really like. Yeah, I can argue with anyone I don't like. <laughs> yeah, so that that level of attachment, I, I use that term, but, you know, so the more... Uh, you know, intimate my attachment, the more I can be affected, yeah. right? So I'm, so I'm sharing, you know, this um, higher level of trust with this person that uh, is, you know, needs to be about, you know, um, my well-being. And yes, yeah, so the emotion is definitely going to be, you're going to be more vulnerable in that situation. And, and that language is really important to understand. In that context, you know, there's greater vulnerability. You know, people can say dumb things. You know, they can... <laughs> I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is really, if you are walking into the situation conscious of, I might be more emotionally charged because this is my dad. Right. or my uncle and and know that that it's it's difficult and this is what I should be doing like almost arm yourself yeah. and I and if I do get in a situation I'm going to ask questions instead of make statements so you can walk in going this is what I can do because I can only control what I can do and here's how I'm going to arm myself the best way possible and hopefully still be loving and kind yeah right the tools of consciousness but also just communication skills so I remember when I was a young adult or even an older teenager, what drove me crazy was the what's next questions. The, where are you going to college? What's gonna be your major? Do you have a boyfriend? And then when I got older, when are you getting married? When are you having kids? I'm 40 something and they still ask me, when are you having kids? The answer is never. I have a niece and a nephew, I'm cool. But for me, those questions were so annoying when I was a kid, but now looking back, I realize, cause I'm an adult now going, they were just trying to make conversation, I think. Most of the time, especially people that hasn't seen you in a long time, they're just trying to make conversation. Yeah. Well, no, I think you mentioned it, that it's just engagement, you know? Um, and I mean, sometimes, if, if again, back to what is pattern, you ask those questions a lot, and I mean, you may want to point this out in some, you know, caring way that, you know, um, you know, it's okay to talk about, you know, something else, you know, how are they asking it? Um, do you feel like, you know, you're being judged in some way um, in that 
situation. So you may want to reverse the question even, you know. <laughs> well, how old were you when you knew what you wanted to be when you grew up? Right. Or what major, your major was or something like that? Yeah, the statistic on that ends up being, you know, even when you start college, you change, the average student changes majors three times, I think. Yeah, I did uh, twice. Yep. The other thing is, though, is remembering the pattern. So, so you get around family, you're likely to know that some of these questions are going to come, you know, it's a repetitive pattern. So just being able to, to change, you know, your own responding. Gotcha. So I get the engaging part about it, but like, what do you do if it's like a topic you really don't want to talk about with like, how do you say it nicely without being like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> The simple answer is, can we talk about something else? It seems so oh, easy, right? right. <laughs> and then it's just like, not. oh, wow, a amazing. And it just seems so simple, but then when you hear it, it's like, oh. Yeah. So it's just being able to recognize that and then, and then again, calling them out is like, well, what, what makes that so, so important to you? Yeah. And remembering to put yourself in their shoes, too, and think, you know, just think like maybe they're just trying to talk to me because I think when you're younger too, all you're thinking is I'm being bombarded and I don't like this anxiety and you know they're they're judging me because I don't know what I want to be yet when I grow up or I don't have a boyfriend. But just putting yourself in their shoes and realizing the pattern, like you're gonna get the questions, so just kind of go with it. Well, again, a pattern is if you know pattern. Again, this is why it's so important to just be able to understand that you know, a large part of our emotional brain is about detecting what pattern is. And of course, things repeat and repeat and repeat. So now I'm not going to let them uh, ask me that question. I'm going to tell, I'm going to share, I don't, I don't have a boyfriend. I don't want that kind of relationship right now, you know. So know what you're willing to share yeah. and what you're going to yeah. kind of deflect from. So that's good. And initiate that somehow i don't allow them to ask me a question i don't want to answer <laughs> right there you go so we got a question from taylor she reached out on our instagram and she with her cousins is the only girl she's four years older than all of her, her other cousins she says that when it, how old is taylor she said she was 15 she's right? 15 she's 15 okay and when it comes to family gathering she says she just ends up going into the other room and playing on her phone. How can she make it so where she also enjoys these family gatherings? Well, that's a conversation that, you know, probably needs to happen prior to or after, you know, these get togethers again, because of that is pattern. Um, then that, that can become very unhealthy when you practice isolation. Oh, so. Yeah. The truth is about isolation, it really activates a part of ourselves that, you know, isn't very healthy. We are prone to be social, but I think sometimes, you know, just sharing that and then really your job's done at that point. You communicated yeah. um, because it's built in that we are social. We need to be around other people. Do you think Taylor in this instance, you know, she's kind of in the middle. She's isolated because of her age. She's not the adult. She's not the kid. She's in the middle here. And I, I understand that you're seeing she's also self-isolating. So she's just isolated because of her age and removing herself and isolating herself further. Do you think she should literally just go up to one of her aunts or somebody saying, hey, I'm feeling a little left out. Can I help you with this or something? You know, what can she actually do to, to start that conversation? 
to, to share her side and her feelings? I think it's, for me, the coping ends up being, you know, we don't pick who our parents are. We don't pick who our family is. We don't even really pick how we grow up. So we're sort of in this situation. And I think we have to resolve some of that. A lot of times when I'm working with teenagers, I try to look, you know, this goes for so long and then you're going to be on your own for most of your life. Yeah, so, yeah. so how you think about how you feel is what you're talking about. And so I can change that. I can, I can change my mood. I can change how I feel. I have that power. I may not like how I react to some things. I may not like how people react to each other and all that kind of stuff. You know, what part of it can I enjoy? And, 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 and I need to, you know, try to be doing that because that's a skill that, you know, you can, you know, use in a lot of different contexts, not just that. Right. So figure out how to be in and amongst the family that I, you know, and it's back to, I have to be able to think that it's good enough, that at any moment, you know, I'm good enough. I, I, I'm always going to be good enough. I'm the one that has to practice that, regardless of what everybody, how everybody treats each other, you know, they don't, they may not understand that you have to, you know, take care of the, the human being that you are, which there were nothing was ever wrong with human beings. Right. It's an interesting point because I think teenagers, especially when I was, you know, and I don't know, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but you kind of feel like you don't have any control over anything. You yeah. want to because you are, you think you're old enough, but you're saying you really do have control over more than you think. You yeah. have control over how you are reacting. You have control over how you're arming yourself to go into these situations. You have control over whether or not you're gonna go into that room and self-isolate, or if you're gonna to try to engage with these family members who might not be around for long, you know? Like, yeah. they're getting old, you know? Right. You're getting older, your family members get old. So you, as a teenager, a young adult, have more control than you actually think you do. So I think that's a really interesting point that you can control your thoughts, you can control how you're feeling, you can control the fact that you believe that you are enough. Yeah. You are enough, right. Lily. Taylor, you are enough. Get in there and hang out with your aunts. And if you don't have a cool aunt, come back to rant with your aunt. All right, Brian, we, our last question here is, is, is very serious one. It's a very serious one. It's happened to all of us. What happens when you get a bad gift? Do you pretend to like it? Do you be honest yeah. and be like, sorry, size double X doesn't fit me? Or what do you do when you get a bad uh. gift? <laughs> Surprise question. Surprise. Um, yeah, again, <laughs> what is the level of attachment? You know, grandma, we know, has got very good intentions, <laughs> but she missed on this one. Yeah. yeah. You know, we probably will, yeah, practice our acting skills and... Suck it up, buttercup. Up. <laughs> okay, is there anything else you wanted to add or that we missed on maybe? You know, the only other thing is really, you know, if you're really in a situation where, you know, it's unsafe and you're feeling like, you know, your family is kind of out of control or just on a path of, you know, unhealthy, you know, because there is a pattern of sort of crisis stuff that goes on at the holidays. And 
you know, you, I, I just, you have to reach out to somebody. You have to, you know, there are lots of, you know, things online, including this that are, can be helpful and, um, but school counselors or, or anyone you have access to that may be a bridge or a path to being able to share. And, and I go back to that this is unsafe. My, my, if my, my emotional brain is really all about what is safe and what is unsafe. And if I stop listening to that and I stop responding to that, that is, that is what I mean by the isolation from parts of myself I don't need to be isolated from. So you've got to share that. You've got to find a way to share that. Um, that that's how you're feeling and um, and that could you know. be a counselor like you said because a school counselor you don't need your mom or dad to know you're going to them or another adult that you trust that type of thing but it, it make an interesting point we were actually talking about this earlier yes yeah, so we did talk about it earlier do you believe you're obligated to stay in contact with family members or toxic family members that you don't necessarily like want to Talk to you, but they're your pressure. family. Yeah, yeah you, you get that pressure. pressure, like, they're your family, that's your sister, you know, blood is thicker than water type of stuff. Are you obligated to stay connected to an unsafe situation because they're family? Right. And again, I go back to, you know, our own biology is designed to detect what is safe and unsafe. And that means physically, mentally, emotionally. Yes. And so that question of how is that safe? You know, how is it safe to, you know, be doing some of these things, um, you know, and sort of like when we're growing up, right, we're a little bit more attached, you know, if the problem is with our primary caretaker, you know, then that that's something we do need to probably work on with a counselor. Um, uh, meaning they have a problem that the child cannot be responsible for that is being affected by that. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, we cannot be responsible for the carelessness, recklessness, um, and self-destructiveness of other family members. But it's okay to distance yourself. Doesn't mean you don't love them, but you also need to love yourself enough to yeah. say, this is not a safe situation. Not a, like you said, not physically, it might be mentally or emotionally. Yeah. This is not a safe situation. So you can still love them and respect them, but it's okay to detach because you need to do you yeah. and take care of you. Mm -hmm. Well, right. So that sharing of, you know, what is my portion of responsibility? Because I don't share all the responsibility for anyone in my family. Uh, you know, I do share in the well-being of my immediate family members, you know, what I do. And I certainly share in a large portion of my, you know, intimate partner uh, relationships. Um, but I don't share all the responsibility for the management of that person. I have all the responsibility for the management of me, keeping me safe. So obviously a physical, like an unsafe physical situation is easy to detect. Yes. Emotional and mental are not as easy. easy so what are the ways, maybe two or three ways that we can detect that we feel physically unsafe? For me, it's always that tightness in my stomach. You know, like what is it that I can tell the viewers or the listeners right now that if this is happening or you're feeling this way or 
just this is how to detect that you may be in like a, a situation that's mentally, mentally un unsafe. unsafe. Yeah, it's a lot of areas. <laughs> that's a big question. Big question. <laughs> and and that's important to, you know, just recognize um, that sensation. You know, prior to reaction, prior to even feeling, there is hmm, I'm getting a, you know, bad vibe here, you know, <laughs> thing. And, and so that needs to alert, you know, the thinking part. And so if we practice tolerating things that are unsafe, then we emotionally adapt to that. And you develop so, your own bad pattern then. Use becomes accessible. Neglect becomes access, you know, acceptable. It sounds like you're saying recognize that bad vibe, that yeah. feeling in your stomach, but then also take the second step and say, why am I feeling this way? You know, and, and maybe kind of analyze it in your own head. So recognize the feeling and say, is this, oh gosh, this happens every time. Or maybe my uncle is kind of just being a jerk and you can realize like, eh, whatever right. type of thing. So yeah. then you can use your own power because a lot of teenagers and young adults feel powerless. Use your own power to decide, you know, this makes me feel like this way every time. So, this is an unhealthy pattern. Right. That's when it becomes, I feel like. What's your thing? Do you get a bad vibe? Do you get a stomach ache? What do you, mm -hmm. I get the same thing. It's because yeah. you're my child, basically. Literally. <laughs> and even when, because I like when it comes to harassment and bullying at school, you know, that's another thing that I say, you know, you can say, he's bothering me, a lot of people will be dismissive of that, they won't listen to that. But if you say, he's making me feel unsafe, or she's making me feel unsafe, I am unsafe around that person, you know, and that gets a different response. So sometimes that's, that's the threshold right there, you know, now I'm feeling unsafe in some way. And that's why feelings are very important. And we don't want to be dismissive of our feelings, you know, because there is this idea of un unconditional acceptance of, you know, what it is, right. I'm not going to change, I'm not, I'm not going to change people, I may have some chance to influence them. But I can, you know, always change me if I decide to, you know, right. I can change choice, I can change mood, change how I feel. And when I'm practicing this kind of self-regulation, you know, hey, it's, it's going to progress. Gotcha. You're going to way better at it and the communication will come. So the people you do care about, you will be able to say, wait a minute. Why are you asking me that? Or that makes me uncomfortable when you say that. Or, mm -hmm. yeah. And then you put the power back in your own hands. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brian. It was great having you. We really appreciate your time. All right. See you next time. Bye. All right. So it sounds like we got some really good points there. Knowing that you have power, you yeah. know you feel powerless, you can change your demeanor. You can change your mood. In your tone about things. In I, your tone about things. Right. I think like Connie's always known that, but I guess like hearing it from an expert mm -hmm. kind of like makes it feel like, oh, like I really have this. Like well, it actually. And he said, know that going into yeah. it. Arm yourself going into it. You're going to get asked the questions. Unfortunately. They're going to ask you about gonna college. Ask. They're going to ask you all those what's next annoying questions. Have your answers already done. Know what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable yeah. talking about. Mm -hmm. And ask them, hey, I don't know what my major is yet. How did you know you were going to be a lawyer? Or when did you know you wanted to be a garbage man? Right. And that's recognizing the pattern. Yes. So if you feel uncomfortable, communicate. You're old enough. 
You right. know, communicate. Don't uh, further self-isolate. Right. Even if you feel isolated, communicate that you are feeling uncomfortable. That goes back to what you were saying. Yeah. You have the power to change your tone. But most importantly... Decide if you are unsafe, whether right. that's physically, mentally, emotionally. Emotionally. Yeah, listen to that gut feeling. And then remember, is this a pattern? Right. Do I feel this way every time I come in? And then realize this might not be a safe place for me. You are not in control of your destructive family members. Right. And they have no right to put that on you. And it doesn't have to be a physically unsafe place. Like we said, mentally or an emotionally unsafe. Which are harder to detect. Which are harder to detect are also really important to recognize as well. That's right. When it comes to bad gifts... Suck, suck it, it up, up buttercup. buttercup. That's right. Thank you guys so much for joining us for our very first Rant with, with my, my aunt, aunt podcast. Yeah. And again, if you would like some of your topics, if you have a question, we'd love to hear from you. Tell them the social medias. Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, TikTok and email are all at Rant with my aunt and email is obviously Rant with my aunt at gmail.com. That's right. So remember, this is a safe place, place. for all of you. There is no judgment You're here. not alone. You are not alone. You are all part of this crazy family that we have in... <laughs> I'm your aunt now. Rant with me. All I'm right? also your cousin. That makes me your cousin. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> now we just got a whole bunch of other crazy family members. Yep. <laughs> and you're all welcome. And you're, everyone's welcome. <laughs> but seriously, if you have a perfect family, invite us. Yes, please, because we love French. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that in. <laughs>